position. Affirmative. Negative. I am the milkman. My milk is delicious. Roger that. Okay, let's go. Welcome to the Best Linux Games Podcast. Go, go, go! The best Linux games, the best games available for the uh, GNU slash Linux operating system via the mechanism and distribution network known as Steam, brought to you by Valve. After 700,000 years, the Steam has come to Linux, and beyond that, it has come to Linux in the form of the egalitarian Linux-like platform, Steam, an open marketplace in which... That's right, ladies and gentlemen, it's Saturday, and that means it's time for one thing. It's time for the podcast where the quality goes in before the name goes on. You're listening to the Best Linux Games Podcast, a companion piece to the uh, Steam group of the same name. Find us on Steam, you know, uh, join us on Steam, and friend me on Steam. My name is Scooky Sprite. I am your host. In case this is your first time here, uh, the ground rules for everything that we do are very simple. We have news. We have the latest titles that we are interested in. Of course, features, you know, like kind of in-depth looks or reviews. And then we have, of course, everyone's favorite... The deals! Uh, the best games that you can buy for as cheap as possible. If you join us on the group, our recommendations are curated with the sole criteria of... It must run on Linux, and it must be really good. These are recommendations only, of course. Uh, not complete reviews, which generally will follow, um, especially once they get some other mofos on this show. And as always, the content that awaits you ahead may not be appropriate for members of all species, races, genders, classes, creeds, and especially might not be age or work appropriate. So, it begins. Let's get the Linux gaming on, bitches! Hello. Welcome to episode number 68 of the Best Linux Games Podcast, being recorded for you live on Saturday, February 13th at 1.28 a.m. So 2016-02-13, oh, 1.29 a.m. Uh, we have a lot of stuff to cover, but first of all, as always, with our top stories, um, we only have one top story for you this week. Uh, and by the way, of course, this episode is our XCOM 2 review episode. We've logged a lot of time in the game now, and uh, we have a full review. Um, but our first and only top story is that www.csgoisfail.com is on semi-temporary hold by virtue of the fact that the one machine that we can do video capture from, um, which is like kind of supposed to be a predominant theme in csgoisfail.com, um, we can't get that to work right now. So, um, until that, until we can, you know, make that work again, uh, which should be sometime this week, csgoisfail.com is kind of on hold, but you're more than welcome to check it out. See if you can, uh, register sometime this week. That should be up. Um, anyway, so 
Uh, that's our top stories. Our new and noteworthy this week. We only have two new and noteworthies. Uh, first one is a first person, uh, mystery game. Um, but it's like a first person shooter style mystery game called Firewatch. Um, it looks very interesting. Uh, I haven't played it. It's in my cart, but it is brand new. It came out, uh, came out February 9th. Um, People seem to like it. Uh, some people have said that it's an atmospheric walking simulator. The, some those are the user tags, but I looked at the video and it looked very, very interesting. So um, I'm adding it to my cart. Uh, it's nineteen dollars ninety nine cents. The other uh, new and noteworthy that we have, and I'm not so sure about this one, but it's uh, Agatha Christie: The ABC Murders, which is twenty nine dollars ninety nine cents, where you take on the role of Hercule Poirot. Uh, Agatha Christie's a uh, legendary. Uh, famous detective um belgian mofo um i'm not sure about this it's a little expensive at $29.99 um but it does have a very nice uh anime animation and art style and it looks like if you're into the good old fashioned point and clicker inventory based adventure games um this looks like a f- especially if you're into agatha christie which, you know, I am marginally, this looks unbelievable. Um, yeah, uh, so that's Ag- Agatha Christie, The ABC Murders, um, $29.99, brand new, it just came out, um, or I guess, no, it says that it came out February 4th, 2016, um, but I guess now it has Linux support, I guess? Well, anyway, so those are our two new and noteworthy. We do have a deals section for you this week, but if you can't tell, we're going a little fast because I want to talk. I want to talk to you, ladies and gentlemen. You know, ladies and gentlemen, I want to talk to you. I want to tell you something. I'm playing a little bit of XCOM. XCOM 2, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I know we featured it heavily last week after only playing it for six hours. Let's have some whiskey for XCOM 2. Cheers to all hail XCOM 2. Mmm. Mmm-hmm. It is I, E.B. Farnham. There's one there, Ivor. Yes, it is I, E.B. Farnham, to, here to bring you, you members of the camp, do not, who is this stranger, so do not be confused. Um... Here to bring you news of the great and wonderful world of XCOM 2. So, uh, I have some notes here that I, I've scribbled down. We'll just, uh, I guess we'll just kind of go down them, I guess, and hope for the best. I mean, you know, I, first of all, in case you're wondering, XCOM 2 gets the highest marks. Um, it is a must buy. Um, I highly recommend it. Uh, it is completely worth however much. They're charging for it. It's $59.99 right now. Um, if you're into tactical squad base shooters, if you like Fallout 2, the combat mechanics for Fallout 2, for instance, um, or if you like any of the other XCOM games, then XCOM 2, the latest iteration in the series, is absolutely worth $59.99. And in fact, I heartily encourage you to buy it at full price so that, um, Feral Interactive and the other, you know, organizations in, uh, involved in developing and publishing it, uh, are, receive, you know, your financial remuneration <laughs> as a token of your esteem for the fucking awesome game that they have made. Uh, I have 
upbeat in the game. I am at the very last little tiny bit of the game. Um, I was going to beat it right before jumping into the podcast, but unfortunately it became 1am a little sooner than I anticipated. I'm about 45 minutes from having beaten the entire game. It is fucking fabulous. So, let's just go through this list of, of things that I scribbled down. First of all, the way your characters in um in XCOM 2 behave they become more than just these faceless little units that you manipulate. Um, their willpower, which is like, um, a representation of, uh, of numerous things, like, if they're shell-shocked, their willpower is zero. When they're shell-shocked, they have PTSD. Um, behaviorally, they won't, they won't, they keep looking at the floor, um, on deployments to missions. They, um, they they frown a lot, they're very unhappy, um, and they're easily mind-controlled. The inverse is true. You can rebuild their willpower and make it even better than it was before. Um, and by the way, uh, ways that, you know, their willpower can be, you know, ruined, being gravely wounded, like if they've been carted off the battlefield, um, if they've seen everyone else die, um, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. The inverse is true. Uh, you can rebuild their willpower once they're healthy again. Um, by keeping them safe and getting them a kill on a mission. This makes their willpower come back even greater than before and resist alien mind control even better than before. Oh, and for those of you who are, for the uninitiated, XCOM 2 is just like the rest of the XCOM series. It's a squad based, uh, at most six to seven people. Um, versus an alien invasion, um, and XCOM 2 takes place 20 years in the future after XCOM 1. So, okay, so, it's amazing, though, to see these characters that, you know, some of which you may have created, we'll get to that in a moment, um, but any of which you've nurtured through as they've upgraded and, and gained skills um, across their missions and stuff, as you see them get shaken or as you see them um, gain confidence and stuff, it's really, really, really detailed and impressive. Um and it makes it so much more about it, – it makes the game so much more than just a bland, tactical, you know, game. Um, okay, so we'll come back to that in a moment. Next up, uh, one of the coolest things about the game is – and I'm I, this is spoiler-free, pretty much. I mean, like, I may reveal some of the enemies and some of the technologies that you can get, but I'm not going to tell you anything about the storyline. Um one of the coolest things is the way that they've incorporated global strategy. Everything about XCOM 2 is just as good as the last iteration of the XCOM uh, series. And in that iteration, they had chopped and channeled and simplified so much of what made the original series so great. In XCOM 2, they further simplified it, but also added... Um, layers of, of strategic command and complexity, uh, where you're forced into very difficult choices all the time, resource management all the time, just like the original XCOMs, but it's so much simpler. Um, but it doesn't sacrifice any of the consequences of the decisions. This is for veterans of the XCOM series originally, this this is like, this is really like the first full iteration of, uh, the next generation of what XCOM should be. Um, you know, you're no longer spent, 
spending huge amounts of time micromanaging stuff, you are, however, presented very frequently with gigantic decisions that will shape the rest of your campaign and or, you know, might end it very quickly. You know, there is a doomsday counter in this case. I won't tell you what it's called, but, you know, the doomsday counter, it can be rolled back in this game. So your your actual, which missions you pick, which places you decide to make contact with, which expands your area of operations, um, all of these ultimately factor into whether or not you will succeed or fail. And, uh, the avatar, uh, the doomsday counter, um, for me, and I'm playing this on rookie. This is my fourth campaign, and this is as farthest as I've gotten. It's on rookie. It's the whole game is hard, by the way. Even on rookie, it's fucking hard. And I know what I'm doing, and it's fucking hard, and I'm on rookie, and it's still fucking hard. Um, and I'm up to, you know, 40 hours of gameplay. Um, but what's really neat is your decisions, actually can roll back, you know, the doomsday clock. Um, so like the closest I've gone to it being full fucking doomsday is within two blocks, um, of it being doomsday. And I've rolled that shit all the way back, you know, but I mean, we're talking razor's edge type of shit. Okay. So other things that are really neat, um, ambush phase, um, in some missions, depending on, you know, what the mission objective is, there's an ambush phase where your entire squad is operating in concealment. And this allows them to, uh, recon the area, set up fire teams, um, and then have one guy pop off a shot that reveals everybody and then draws the enemy into your fields of fire. Now, what happens when this happens is so spectacular. Um, it doesn't necessarily, it's not limited exclusively to the ambush phase. Anytime you basically put an, uh, a unit into overwatch, which means they'll take a shot at, uh, on the next turn, enemy, any enemy that moves within their field of fire. Um, what happens when you set up really awesome ambushes in this game is incredible because the camera doesn't move like a static, you know, um, doesn't just jump to each unit's position as their, you know, overwatch shot is taken on whatever enemy unit has moved into their field of fire. It scroll, it pans dynamically um, from whatever unit is firing to whatever unit is firing next. And in as it pans in between, you will see other units preparing to fire, um, you know, blah, 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 blah. You know, it is really really incredible it's 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 a spectacle that needs to be seen it's it's pretty it's pretty unbelievable so that's the ambush phase the only quibble about the ambush phase is that generally it's only good for one for leading one group of enemies into an ambush um with some exceptions but that's pretty much you know blah like generally like you put out uh your best guys you figure out who you want to be at the edges of the ambush you figure out you know maybe put a sniper in the back figure out who's got a shot on what, and then you keep scrolling through, you know, your units, and you can wait for as long as it takes. Of course, there is a possibility that you may be discovered. All of this stuff, you know, before your ambush is fully ready, all of this stuff is just icing on the cake to what is already such a great game. And speaking of already such a great game, there's a new class in this, in this, uh, in this XCOM. It's called the Ranger. Mm. And the ranger has a uh, combat shotgun and a giant fucking machete. 
And what's cool about this is the Rangers can uh, take a melee attack with their giant fucking machete on any enemies that are uh, within their field of movement um, instead of, you know, shooting them with a shotgun. Shotgun is also fucking awesome. And especially once you upgrade the Ranger class, um, you know, especially once, you, you know, like you, you have Rangers who have, you know, like Blade Storm, which allows them to attack on any enemy that enters their field of movement. Um, the Reaper. Reaper is awesome. Reaper allows you to fucking chain together fucking melee kills. Um, each one, you know, allowing you another one. Um, and untouchable, which means if you, if, you know, your ranger's gonna kill that turn, they can't be hurt for the first time that someone tries to attack them on the next turn. Um, all this shit is awesome. Um, what's super cool is you can create a character pool. So for instance, as if you might have noticed, hi, Ivor, Ivor, crack engineer Ivor Molina intercut a, uh, a clip from one of my favorite shows, Deadwood. Uh, it is I, E.B. Farnham. Um, I, just like in last XCOM, I, I've created a squad of all the characters, but, you know, a squad that's based off of all the characters from Deadwood. Well, in XCOM 2, you can create them into a character pool, which not only can you change, you know, the ways in which these characters are used, like, you know, can they appear as soldiers, can they appear as hostages, can they appear as civilians, um, can they appear in this game? You know, just to begin with, uh, what do they appear as? Do, are they, do they appear as rookies? Do they appear as, you know, um, as, uh, as, uh, characters with an already predefined character class, like, you know, uh, ranger or, uh, support or, you know, etc. Um, not only all of that, which is so cool because like if you spend the time before you start your game, creating a bunch of characters that you want to see in your game, um, you can do that and then you'll see them in the game. Uh, so it's, it's really cool and you can reuse them from game to game to game. Beyond that, you can export from within the game characters that, you know, uh, you, that the game is randomly generated that you've leveled up to like great, you know, do great things and have, and have bothered to customize inside the game. You can export those characters into the character pool. And then beyond all of this, the character pool itself, you can click on each individual character in the character pool as a toggle and choose to export them as a character pack and share them with your friends, which is fucking badass. If you want to get my, uh, Deadwood, um, character pack, by the way, which has, uh, Alma R.G. Ellsworth, that's Russell Garrett L Ellsworth, uh, codenamed the Black Widow, um, uh, and, uh, E.B. Farnham, and, uh, Swedgen, and Mr. Wu, and, uh, you know, all the other Deadwood favorites, uh, hit me up on Twitter, at VegasWriter, and I'll send you a link, um, so that's really cool. That that also, you know, blah. Um, there's weapon customizations that you can do. Um, basically, every weapon has two slots for weapon customizations that are made permanent. This is on top of upgrading the actual technology for your weapons, for your armor. Um, you can uh, add custom skin, not custom skins, but you can add custom uh, 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 patterns and... Uh, colors to your weapons, and also even name your specialized weapons, which is super cool. Um, 
the destructible the environments in this game are in, almost entirely destructible and especially once you get better technology later on in the game okay yes Ivor I know we're running long we might go about 40 minutes this week okay I'm sorry I'm sorry Ivor Ivor looks at me disapprovingly oh boy um but the destructible environments are incredible um they're not just limited especially once you get like upgraded weapons and shit like there's a, a one one gun that I'm not going to you know it's called the plasma blaster and it's an upgrade it's an upgrade to uh hard points on on powered armor that you get towards the end of the game well, i guess you know depending on how you play it mm. this gun shoots through schools uh a la uh vermin from uh johnny dangerously yeah, he had it made for himself special. It shoots through schools. This gun will fucking blast through every wall between you and your target. Um, you have to have line of sight on your target, but you know, whatever. Um, the, the, uh, if, there's more about the destructible environments in last week's episode, but grenades, um, destroy floors. You know, if there's a second level, um, there's an enemy called the gatekeeper. Any enemy that explodes upon death, any robotic enemy that explodes upon death, massive destruction to the environment. You have to account for that, what that destruction is going to be like, who it's going to hurt. Um, there's acid. There, there are some characters that drip acid everywhere that they go. And on, if they get up to you on second story, third story, fourth story levels, they will fucking eat holes eventually in the floor, which is incredible because you can fall through them. Um, uh, okay, so, weapon customization, destructible environments. There's also, of course, the full complement of, uh, psyops. You can train and discover and harness the, you know, the, uh, uh, psychic energy of your agent's, uh, um, abilities, uh, incredible, some of which have incredible benefits, um, especially once you level up the overall, um, technology that you're using, um, for, you know, for your, uh, average infantry guy, for instance, um, the highest level you can get is, like, basically Plasma Blaster, um, your Psy operatives become very, very, very deadly, uh, because they, you know, they have a rifle, too, um, and the rifle is pretty fucking deadly, um, okay, so let's see, uh, oh, in some missions, basically the story-based missions where you have a very set objective like planning, planting X4 on something or recovering something from, um, a facility. Um, one of the coolest things is being able to plan your own extraction from those facilities. Uh, meaning you get to set up where the LZ will be for your extraction. Uh, and then there's tons of little details, like, for instance, like, the memorial for, like, fallen soldiers, like, on your ship and stuff, is a bar slash memorial, and in the bar, when you go to visit it, are some of your healthy soldiers talking to each other and shit. It's incredible. The same thing once you develop, um, the, uh, uh, advanced, uh, uh, warfare center, which is like a va- advanced recovery unit for, uh, injured soldiers. Your actual soldiers will be there who are actually wounded and they'll be talking to people. People will come and visit them and shit. It's these little touches that really make, um, XCOM 2 supremely, supremely, um, you start to really get attached to your soldiers. 
Um, and I'm just going to tell you, uh, I almost got a little emotional there. Wow. And it's not the whiskey talking. It's just this game is fucking really, really impressive. Um, so I had these two, I had these two soldiers. Um, one of them happened to be Alma, uh, RG Ellsworth, who had just became available to me in my game as a rookie. And, uh, not as a rookie. She was, she was, a she, she has a shotgun. Her armor is covered in hearts. Her camo is heart camo. Um, cause she's the Black Widow. <laughs> and her custom shotgun was called the Defiler. Um, and we had this rookie on this mission and this was a big mission. This was when I think my squad size was only five people. Um, and, uh, this was a big story mission and a very difficult mission. Um, I did not, I was drunk at, at this point. I wasn't paying attention to the fact that it was very difficult. But anyway, so we ship out with this with like two rookies and, and Alma and, uh, you know, who's a ranger. We had a support chick who was a rookie. Um, anyway, my, f- oh, and we had, um, a, a, a randomly generated, uh, computer character on that mission too, I think. Anyway, it doesn't matter. She's not important. What's important to the story is this mission goes sideways very, very quickly. And, um, the thing was, when I saw the character that I carefully, carefully made as Alma Ellsworth with this fucking sick gothic eye black and stuff, and she's just all fucked up and, you know, she just, she killed her way through this mission, by the way. Um, and I made her be the one to plant the X4. Um, the camera zoomed in and you could see her fucking eyelashes as she planted the X4. And I'm like, okay, I'm not letting this bitch die in the process of not letting her die. And yes, I, you know, I have, I have multi-saved my way through this game. Trust me. I mean, not, not, um, trying to get better outcomes from individual dis- from individual shots, but just trying to make better tactical decisions, trying to save characters like Alma. And so I mentioned the support chick that, that was a rookie. Those two, those two characters fucking blasted their way out of this mission. I mean, it was crazy. It was like two hours of just replaying this. They were the only two people who survived. Those two characters are with me on the last fucking mission of this game. And I'm not letting them die now or ever. They've both racked up, you know, they're both as, they're both as high as you can fucking possibly get, you know, um, and they're both deadly as fuck, uh, including the one that I didn't like, including the one, the, the rookie. Um, she's actually, uh, uh, anyway, uh, so you get very attached to these characters. And the story is fabulous. The cutscenes are fabulous. There is almost, there is no downtime in this fucking game. Um, some things that I don't really like about it are that it's not a particularly beautiful game. Um, it could look a little better. Um, but it's not ugly. I mean, it's not like, it doesn't look like nasty trash. Um, and for the amount of, uh, detail that there is in the game, like, one of the craziest things, and I realized this just last night, during this exfiltration mission, 
there are these like holographic uh kiosk size billboard things all over you know any um city based mission and they're really 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 small you can't ever tell what what they say like basically they just say like advent which is like the name of the aliens that you're fighting um or whatever and it was just by accident that i happened to be zoomed in in such a way that i actually saw that now that my squad had been discovered, that the kiosk was flashing the faces, the actual faces of the members of my unit. Um, really fucking cool. So yeah, the devil's in the details. Um, and, uh, you won't find a better squad based tactical game. Literally, uh, I mean, as soon as I'm done with it, I'm going to start beating it again. So that brings us to this week's, uh, that this week's installment of the deals will make it very quick because we only have two. Um, first off is Monochroma. We'll do it with Sans music, okay, Ivor? Ivor is flipping me the bird right now. Mm. Um, first off is Monochroma, M O N O C H R O M A, which is 78% off now through February 15th, so only two days at $4.39. It's a side scrolling puzzle platformer, very pretty, all black and white, as one might infer from the name. And then, uh, Deadfall Adventures, where, which I kind of had mixed feelings about. Um, I didn't beat it, but, uh, I had, my experience of it was fairly buggy, but, I don't know, um, it looked super fucking cool. Um, it's a first person shooter, Indiana Jones, uh, style, not just necessarily first person, but anyway, it's a, Adventure game, Indiana Jones style adventure game, pseudo Tomb Raider. It is also 75% off at $4.99 now through February 15th. And with that, um, we're going to get out of here. I'm going to go beat XCOM 2 right now. Um, I heartily, heartily, heartily recommend that, uh, you pick up XCOM 2. And if you haven't beaten the previous game, uh, XCOM Enemy Unknown, which run- also runs on Linux, go get that first beat that wait for XCOM 2 to come out on sale because the two games are directly contiguous or have a plot that is directly contiguous and you'll get a lot more thrills and chills from XCOM 2 if you've beaten XCOM uh the most recent XCOM enemy unknown first and with that I'll see you next Saturday cheers thanks for listening The best Linux games podcast is brought to you by Blue Wizard is about to die. Now available for the first time as an ebook on Amazon.com. To subscribe to the podcast using a Linux-based podcatcher like Podracer, or to see our YouTube gameplay videos, please visit www.bestlinuxgames.com. Also, join our Steam community group, Best Linux Games, Friends Cookie Sprite, and follow him on Twitter at VegasWriter. BLGP is also brought to you by the Radio Control Room Project. For details, please visit www.rcrproject.com or rfihc.com. Zig thanks you. For great justice.